Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Learn to Retire Safe. Today, we've got a very special episode where we will be talking to the CEO of Retire Safe, Mr. Mark Gibbons. But first, we can get our introductions out of the way. Uh, would you like to start, Lila? You see, you've been starting us off. <laughs> okay, I'll start. Um, I'm Lila, and I'm the communications intern at Retire Safe. Maria, would you like to go next? Hey everyone, my name is Maria and I am a public policy intern. All right, Catherine. Hi everyone, it's Catherine. Um, I'm also a public policy intern. And I'm Kevin, I'm also a public policy intern. And Mr. Gibbons, why don't you go ahead? Hi everyone, I'm Mark Gibbons. I'm the president and CEO of Retire Safe. From listening to the other podcast i understand you need a fun fact so i'm going to give you two one is i collect sports bobbleheads i have over 150 different types of sports bobbleheads in the house which my uh, family just hates completely (laughs) the second uh, fun fact is i was an extra in the very first jackie chan american made film Oh, wow. What? That sounds so cool. I didn't know that. That's amazing. For all of you listeners, we have faces of shock right now. (laughs) (laughs) And excitement. We're talking to a celebrity. Well, I know. I know. (laughs) So, I'm sorry. Did you meet Jackie Chan? Yes, I actually did. Oh, Oh, wow. What? Yeah, it was his uh, very first American-made film. It was filmed right outside of uh, San Antonio, Texas. They, um, to help the schools in the area, they allowed uh, each school to send like a hundred people mm-hmm. uh, to be extras for like a, a two or uh, two or maybe three day uh, stint. And the school got paid the money instead of us getting paid. Uh, oh. The school got the <laughs> funds, which was fine because we got yeah. to miss school, but we also got to see how a movie was made, which was really neat. Oh, that sounds so fun and so amazing. I wish I could, I wish I could meet Jackie Chan. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. What is, what is he like? Did you actually like, you know, get to talk to him and everything? No, you never really get to talk to him. I mean, he uh, bumped into me in one of the movie scenes. He's uh, actually, you know, bumped into me, backed up in a fight that he was in. Um, and, uh, but he was always cracking jokes with the, uh, his other actors and, he was always having a good time and he was always doing his own stunts well that is amazing at least uh, our listeners can know we don't have any dull people here at retire safe <laughs> that's right oh wait <laughs> mark what movie is this what movie is this um uh, it is called uh it's either called the uh, big brawl or it's also called battle creek brawl so i have the uh, dvd at home so I, I make the kids watch it uh, once a year, and they go, oh, my God. And I make them count how many times they see me in the movie, which is seven. Wow, that's a lot of times. Well, no, I made paid? sure I got in the front. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, well, the extras do get paid, but the money went to the high school. Oh, okay. All right, fellow interns, side note, I think we need to have a Zoom watch party and go through <laughs> and look for I Mark. like that. I like think that, that, that yeah. would be amazing. And we are going to count how many times you were in the movie. <laughs> That's right. we got to find right. all seven. And all we can seven. take the screenshots and put them on social media for the world. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Yep. 
Well, listeners, in case you couldn't tell, the special uh, the special episode will be dedicated to talking to Mark and, you know, getting a glimpse at Retire Safe's past and future and what exactly uh, he does in Retire Safe. So, uh, Maria, would you like to kind of take it away? Of course. So, tell us a little bit um, more, Mr. Gibson. How do you get involved with um, Retire Safe? So, prior to coming to Retire Safe in March of 2019, I was uh, 10 years at another nonprofit called Caregiver Action Network. And we dealt with family caregivers of all types of conditions. So, if you were a parent with a child with special needs or a rare disease, or you were taking care of your uh, parents that are elderly and frail or have other conditions, you are a family caregiver. You're normally overwhelmed, you're stressed, you're not getting paid. And so we would help find resources uh, or, inst- or do instructional workshops across the country to, to help them on this journey. And before that, uh, I was with American Red Cross. I worked with a syndicated television show, John McLaughlin Report. Um, I was in the military for 10 years and uh, worked city government in Augusta, Georgia. Worked uh, as, a, uh, as a congressman's aide in North Georgia. And uh, I've done all kinds of other types of work, construction, project manager. So I don't have a career path, but they all have one thing in common, which is helping people. That's great. I was going to ask, you know, what did you originally go to school for? Was it computer science programming? The last program I wrote was uh, COBOL. Uh, and I think the only people that may be actually using that is uh, NASA, maybe. So uh, I was in the back in the day when we had basic Fortran, Pascal, COBOL. In fact, when I first started, we even did punch cards. So that, that kind of dates me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when you got to retire safe, what what exactly was, was that? You know, what year? And so it was a March 2019. So I've been here uh, two years now. Two years. Uh, two years uh, this week. So Yay, happy wow. to your anniversary. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's been very exciting. It's been very exciting. Uh, it's kind of scary when you're <laughs> the um, when you're the head of the organization because you're not only supposed to be bringing in money but you're also the face of the organization and you're the one held accountable so mm-hmm. in other organizations i was always a, a support player i was in a support role but in this one i've had to learn to uh, step up the game and be responsible uh for coming up with uh, the the brand new direction uh that we're going in and keeping traditions alive and keeping the mission afloat and changing things to come up um to modern times our listeners how, can't, oh, go ahead, oh, sorry now what i was just going to ask how how do you decide to be retired safe and move on from your other organization well i was uh tricked to be honest with you <laughs> um, back in december of 2018 um this one lady called me and she said hey can we get your your resume because we want to uh, submit you for a panel discussion and we have to submit, you know, your background. And that's common. That's a common practice. So I didn't think anything of it. And I, you know, I hadn't heard anything in a couple of weeks and I just figured that, you know, the panel just wasn't accepted. Then, um, about two weeks later in, uh, 
late January, or late December, right before Christmas, uh, the president uh, of, of Retire Safe called me, and I knew him, Thayer. And he said, hey, Mark, you know, you and I go to a lot of the same meetings. We see each other, but we never socialize. Why don't we do lunch about the second week of January? I said, sure, not a problem. So January came along. I met him, and as soon as we sat down, he pulled out this paper, and he said, I, I need you to sign this agreement. What agreement? We're having lunch. He said, well, you know, we're going to talk about some private things here, and you can't be sharing them. I'm going, okay, I thought we were having lunch. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so, so <laughs> and so, you know, he, he goes on to tell me, you know, that Retire Safe had a great year, and, and they're going to add an executive position. That's what he, the words he used. They're going to add an executive position. And I said, okay, well, that's neat. He said, so would you be interested? I said, well, I have a job and I love it. But you never, uh, you, you never shut a door. You always look at it and see, and maybe it's something that can help you in the future. So I said, sure, I'll be glad to, you know, to think about it. And he said, well, the board wants to meet you next week. I said, the board. <laughs> um, he said, yeah, can you meet on Tuesday? I said, sure, I could meet on Tuesday. So I went, met the board the following Tuesday, and by that Friday, I had a job offer to be the president and CEO, Thayer was, was retiring. They weren't creating a new position. They were trying to fill his position. So um, <laughs> They tricked so you. They, they kind of tricked yeah. me. So, but that's good. I mean, it, it's uh, it's nice to be wanted. And uh, it's nice to be recognized for the hard work that you put in uh, throughout your career. So that's, that's always a, a nice feeling. But uh, it wasn't something I was looking for. I see. Well, I was gonna say you said it. You said it's kind of like difficult to be uh, the face of the company, and I know our listeners can't see, but um, it's a great face for the company. I'll say it's a great face. <laughs> it's a fat face right now. <laughs> so a great face COVID has not us. been kind, right? I don't think it's been kind to any of us. <laughs> right. Uh, so, Catherine, you have our next question. So. I'm sure you've done lots. What are some notable achievements that RetireSafe has had since you've become CEO? Well, we've been very fortunate. Uh, we had to um, come out of the uh, dark ages. Um, when I first took over, everything we had, all our files and everything was on a thumb drive. So I helped automate and get us in the cloud. We uh, changed the website, made it more user-friendly, and it's still terrible, but it's better than what it was. And then we started uh, doing more missions. I was able to start bringing on a full staff of interns, like you four, to help me out, because I'm a one-person <laughs> shop. And so I was able to, to start that process. So we have been able to expand our reach and not just focus on legislative issues, uh, but also go dive into educational uh, resources for seniors as well. Um, our most notable opportunity that we had that still sticks into the idea of uh, lobbying and advocating was January of 2020, we, were, we had a commercial that was uh, in the Super Bowl run. So we were able to get a bunch of coverage that day and started showing early that morning on all the the uh, pregame shows and 
It didn't show during the game because we didn't have that kind of money. Uh, and we didn't have we, the money we, the, the ad that we received was because we are a nonprofit. So, um, but it did play right after the uh, game. And I think it was the premiere of, I think it was either American Idol or The Voice or something. So we got a whole lot of coverage. And so that was pretty neat. We've also been, uh, I've been featured, I guess about five times in national op-eds about various topics. Uh, one issue that was uh, came up was a issue in, in New Mexico where seniors that are receiving social security, that when they receive that money, it is taxed as income. So they're kind of double dipping there, the government. So, uh, so we were advocating on behalf of that to let them know that that's, that's not a good thing. Seniors live on fixed incomes, uh, the rising cost of medication, the rising cost of healthcare, and we have to uh, help them maintain that budget that they're on. A lot of seniors may have planned for the future the right way and have this wonderful golden egg, but it just takes one bad fall or one bad medical diagnosis and all that money could be wiped out in a matter of months. So, but we've done about a bunch of other new neat things, Catherine, such as so we've created webinars, educational webinars when COVID hit and it hit, hit everybody hard. We realized that the seniors were the ones that were suffering the most. A lot of these seniors were living in uh, communities, um, you know, like a retirement facility. And um, they were feeling socially isolated. They couldn't visit their grandchildren. They couldn't visit their friends, their family. They couldn't do all their social activities, whether it's civic groups or church groups. And so we had to figure out how can we get them involved and teach them how to do things. So we created a, a webinar on teaching seniors how to use Zoom. And that was a very popular uh, uh, webinar that we did. And that went over really well. And then we did a bunch of other webinars throughout the year. Uh, and we're going to do a lot more. So those are some neat things that we've done. Yeah. A lot of great stuff. Nice. Yes. Did you have something to add, Catherine? It looked like you're about to ask something else. Oh, well, I was just a follow-up question. Um, so obviously lots of progress and really notable things that RetireSafe has done. Have there been any like noticeable changes with the organization since you joined? Yes, uh, RetireSafe was always known as a very conservative organization. And when I interviewed with the organization, I let them know that although we are lobbyists, and then we also have the foundation, which I say foundation, in order for me to be able to reach more uh, seniors and people in the 45 to 64 range, we had to take more of a neutral stance uh, politically. Uh, there are good ideas that come from both sides of the aisle. There are some terrible ideas that come from both sides of the aisle. And we, my job is to help weed out what is really good for the seniors to help them enjoy these retirement years. So that is something that has been very noticeable. Um, and a lot of our um, people are commenting and realizing that that work is being done. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say it's a little off topic, but I, I, I gotta, I gotta kind of follow my curiosity here. Uh, how, how much, what did it take to get a Super Bowl ad? I'm sorry, it's just like, 
Well, I know that uh, the grant that we received, let's say for a nonprofit, is still over 500K. And that's for a nonprofit. So you can only imagine what real organizations, you know, for-profit organizations such as Pepsi or Coke or whoever are paying, they're playing millions. And we were able to, of course, now, like I said, our ad didn't run during the game proper. Mm -hmm. It was in the buildup and after, but still people are still watching. And so depending on, you know, what coast they're on and, but we tried to target the Florida area with our ad because we were talking about drug importation and our, our concern about it. We targeted the Florida area initially because that's where the then President Trump was uh, on vacation. So we wanted to make sure that he knew if by some chance he was watching TV and the political uh, shows and all that, that, or his staff, that they knew that seniors were worried about this. But then something happened and even the ad agency didn't know what happened, but somebody pressed a wrong button or something and our ad went national. Oh my. And it was picked up outside of Florida. Not only it's, you know, like it was supposed to be targeted Florida, but it was also picked up like in the DC area. It was picked up in Texas and other states by accident. So I don't know what happened, but I'm very thankful. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a pretty big but positive uh, oops moment. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, that's amazing. Um, so, Lila, you have our next question. We're going to kind of get a glimpse at the present and future of Retire Safe here. Right. So we just focused on a glimpse into the past, and now we're going into the future. So, Mark, where do you want retire? Where do you want to take Retire Safe as of well, right now? I want us to keep to the core issues, and our core issues and values have always been advocating on behalf of seniors in the Medicare arena, Medicaid, Social Security, uh, uh, drug cost. Um, and we're going to keep doing that. Also, Social Security, if I haven't said that already. But I want to expand our reach and go into some of these other issues like this. Uh, uh, what is the term everybody likes to use? Uh, surprise billing. That's a big factor that a lot of seniors and not even just seniors, I mean, even you guys' parents are, uh, are, you know, you may be in school, all of a sudden you're not feeling well, you have to go to the hospital or a doctor, and all of a sudden your parents are calling you, why do I have a $5,000 bill? And you're going, I don't know, I used <laughs> the insurance, but maybe somebody you saw wasn't in network at the hospital. And so they're going to bill you at their very high rate. Well, that happens a lot to seniors. They may go into a hospital because of a fall. They fall, they break their hip or who knows what the problem is. And they may have a, uh, a the x-ray tech or the uh, anesthesiologist or somebody may not be in network. And so that surprise billing is a terrible surprise. But we're also focusing on educational things. I want retire safe to not just be a lobbying arm for seniors issues, but I also want us to give back to the seniors and advocate, uh, I mean, and, and teach them different things like, do they really understand what Medicare's parts A, B, and C, D, and C, uh, D are? Uh, we are releasing, uh, your first podcast was about the donut hole, and now we're gonna be releasing a webinar uh, 
discussing the web, uh, the donor hole, explaining it to seniors. And we know it's in part D and how they need to understand that and watch and, and uh, plan for their money the right way until the bills are changed and the laws are changed to allow maybe smoothing to be spread out so you don't get stuck in the donut hole and um, you can just make certain you have to pay so much money each month as opposed to the way the donut hole works which y'all will explain uh, in the webinar um, so those are part of the things I mean there's other issues that will come up uh, getting vaccinated is a key thing right now right now my main focus is let's get the seniors vaccinated I don't care if you come from an affluent neighborhood or if you come from the poorest neighborhood, every senior has the same right to get vaccinated. And we need to make sure that they have the access. The problem is that um, in some of these areas, they may have the vaccine for the seniors, they say, but to enroll a senior sometimes is using technology. And they don't know technology necessarily. You have to, the only way you can register is online. Well. Some seniors don't know how to go online and do these things. Heck, I have problems going online doing things as well. So I can only imagine someone who's intimidated or has never done this. Yeah. So we have to figure out ways and we have to worry about the minorities. Uh, um, you know, we have a lot of seniors that are, you know, in the minority category and are they being reached? What about the seniors out in the rural areas? The vaccines may go into, let's just say they may they, they, the city of San Antonio may get, you know, 600,000 doses. But in the hill country, and let's say uh, uh, maybe welfare Texas, population of maybe eight people, when are they going to get access to that? They're going to have to drive all the way to San Antonio? Maybe they can't. Maybe they're elderly. So how do we get those people in the rural areas to get the vaccines that they need. And, you know, they have the same right as everybody else. The problem is I think seniors are kind of overlooked um, and they are kind of forgotten, uh, but they're a great resource. The knowledge they have, just because you're old doesn't mean that you're not capable or that you don't have anything to actually c contribute. Uh, we need to take more advantage of our seniors and take better care of them. I've always felt that, and often that one quote, and I don't remember who who said it, but a country is judged of, on, a country is judged on how well they take care of their seniors. Well, here in the United States, we're not doing a great job, and we need to fix that. Thank you, Mark. And sorry, Kevin, what were you going to say? No, I was say, I think that's absolutely inspiring, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, Mark, I had a question that Maria and I were wondering. Um, you you called yourself a one-person shop because, you know, right now you're the only person technically working for Retire right. Safe. Um, in the future, would you like to um, expand enough where oh, you I can would hire employees? To. Oh, I would love to. I, uh, my goal is to keep trying to raise more funds that I can bring on a person, you know, people that can do full-time, you know, uh, advocacy work or communications Great. or those type of things. But the problem is, is just trying to get the funding to do that. Um, That's what I Because I don't want to bring, yeah, I don't want to bring somebody on because I had a good year 
And then all of a sudden the following year, like maybe the pandemic hits and fundraising goes down. So yeah, I had you for a year, but now I can't pay you for the next year. So I have to let you go. So I have to make sure that the income is always going to be there, but I would right. love to, uh, to bring on some more help and grow this organization to a 10 to 15 person shop. Um, I mean, that's a goal that I have is to try to, before I leave retire safe, whenever that may be, that we're at at least, you know, five to 10 employees. Yeah, Maria and I were wondering because when we graduate- no, I'm not gonna hire you, I'm not gonna hire you one of you. <laughs> I was gonna say, okay. No hiring the interns. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not gonna hire Maria or, or you know, especially because she's always late. We're always waiting on her. Yeah, I know. <laughs> She has bad Wi-Fi. Oh, goodness. <laughs> she always has but bad I, Wi-Fi. Yes. Or better Wi-Fi with my job. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, well, no, so, you, no. Go ahead, please. <laughs> I was going to say, when you do or if you do expand enough to hire employees and have that solid wage make sure to hit us up mark because we're looking you know where we are <laughs> no yeah, no using the podcast to get a job you two yeah. well you know i have always I, I i've been very fortunate um with the interns that i have had uh, and i would hire any of them in a heartbeat if i could uh the quality uh that the institutions are putting out these days and it's not just the institutions. The institutions give you the resources. It has to be the drive of the student. And I've been very fortunate that every student that I've had has the self uh, and the initiative and the drive to, to succeed and learn. I know when we do the interview process and you're going to retire safe seniors, that's not a very sexy uh, internship <laughs> as compared to working at the state department or working at the White House or but it's an important issue because it affects every single one of you. You have grandparents, you have parents that are getting older. Uh, it's an important for everyone to understand that how can we help my mom and dad's or my grandparents' life even better as they age to make sure that they get the, 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 uh, the, the great life that they've worked so hard for. That's true, Mark. I appreciate that statement. Um, so that leads me to my next question. How do we help you expand? How can we as interns or how can our members or people in general can help you expand Retire Safe? Yeah, no, I think the, the interns have helped me quite a bit. I mean, last semester we started a blog. In fact, we probably need to reach out to one of the old interns, Kelly, and find out what our login and all that. And we probably started, need to continue the blog but y'all are for, uh, encouraging me to reach out and use other platforms to reach the audience and to expand the age bracket of not just 65 and older. I mean, you guys have convinced me that we needed to do TikTok, I mean, um, um, Snapchat and uh, Instagram. But that reminds me, we need to get with our web person and have them put those symbols on our website. Uh, so we can uh, make sure that people know that we're on those platforms as well. Um, so, but, so it's, it's important that the interns keep bringing up their new ideas. Like I told you when you interviewed, uh, when you leave here, I want you to think that this organization is yours. Um, I want to hear your ideas. I don't know everything, although I probably do, but 
I, you know, I don't, I really don't know everything. And I want some new ideas. I mean, maybe the way that I've been doing it is wrong, or maybe it's, uh, you know, old fashioned, antiquated. And I'm all about learning and figuring out how we can reach more people with the technology that's out there. Just look at the pandemic, what it's done for telehealth. I mean, it was always something that was in the future and it was, you know, a good idea, but that pandemic forced us to use it more. Now it's a great resource for those people that have access to it. Uh, but it's things like that. And that's what I'm hoping that I get. And I get the energy from listening to y'all every morning when we have staff and I read your, your daily reports of what you've accomplished and what you're doing. It makes me feel good to know that, you know, they are, they're genuinely interested about their job and they want to do more and they want to help the seniors. It's not just about, you know, a letter grade to them. They're actually making it their own. And that's what's exciting. Thank you, oh, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Good mentor. Now I'm more inspired. Now well, I know all I except for Maria. Okay. Maria's <laughs> Well, uh, that was really wholesome and genuine. <laughs> yes, thank you. So, uh, for the last question, really, is just like you know, uh, do you want to shine a spotlight on what we're up to? What are you trying to do this year? You know, well, I think what we're trying to do is we're celebrating that uh, Retire Safe has been in existence for 30 years. Yeah, so, uh, so that Fun is a, that. a neat, a, a neat accomplishment. But we're doing this, like this, a podcast. Retire Safe would have never have thought about doing a podcast. <laughs> so luckily when Kevin and I were interviewing and he said, oh, I have my own podcast. <laughs> oh, really? How hard is it? Because that's something we can do, you know? <laughs> so I'm willing to push those boundaries and try those things. Um, we're going to do some more educational videos, uh, maybe not just with this current round of employees but the next couple of rounds we'll always do something that's going to help benefit our seniors we're going to focus on a different uh, type of legislation i know that catherine is trying to work with representative germandi's office out of california he wants to propose a new formula for figuring out the cost of living adjustment right now they're using the consumer price index wage earner well, that doesn't do seniors any good. They should be using the, the calculation of consumer price index elderly. And that will allow a little bit more of a, an increase per year. It's not still not going to keep up with, guys, it's still not going to keep up with the rising cost of medications. It's not going to keep up with the rising cost of health care. But it's a little bit more than what they're getting now. This year, I think they received a 1.1% one six or something like percent increase well that equates to maybe 24 dollars a month more mm -hmm. and then if you're in one of those 13 states that's taxing you you're losing money so <laughs> um so those are things that we're we're going to work on and uh, again i want us to do more educational things but i don't want us to forget what got us to 30 years of advocating uh on issues and you know watching medicare I'm excited that we have a new administration on board, both in the House and the Senate and in the White House, and just curious to see what they're going to do. And are they really going to put seniors first? Um, you know, and again, you know, how are we going to be judged as a country? And so 
I'm just curious to see about how this administration is going to work with the Affordable Care Act. I know uh, there's a lot of people that don't like it. There are a lot of people that do like it. Um, nothing out of the gate the first time is ever perfect. So I know things need to be changed. Um, does it need to be scrapped? I don't have an opinion. Uh, my only opinion is, is that whatever we have, let's fix it, adjust it, and make it work so everyone can have quality health care um, and help these people. There's a lot of uh, seniors that are leaving medications at the, at the prescription counter because they can't afford it, um, or they're cutting their medicines in half, thinking that if they do that, they can drag out their prescription because it costs too much. This is the, um, the United States, and we have these problems. It's kind of disappointing that we, the, and it's not just in the rural areas, it's not just in the inner city, it's everywhere. And it's affecting everybody, but it's really hitting hard the minorities. Then um, we have to get them to trust us again. That When I say us, not retired, say, but the government. Uh, that's why a lot of them don't, especially the African-American community, they don't want to go get the vaccination. They're worried about it. Uh, but our government has kind of hindered us in the vaccination itself by our process in the country, in the world, of creating new drugs is very cumbersome, uh, but it's the best in the world. However, there are a lot of steps that could probably be taken out that are more paperwork and administrative. And we've seen that with this warp speed uh, uh, drive to get a COVID vaccine, that good quality medications can be developed a lot faster. And so I'm hoping that that's a lesson learned from the government is that maybe we can eliminate some of these um, these roadblocks or some of these extra steps and still get quality medications and we can start speeding up some of these things for more cancer uh, drugs or maybe there still wasn't a cure for Alzheimer's. There's still not a cure for Parkinson's or Huntington's. So can we apply the same uh, vigor and and intense research on some of these others without, you know, these these six-year trials and all this other stuff. So how can we do that? And and there's a lot of seniors that have no problem uh, doing clinical trials, but they don't uh, let seniors do it unless it's a disease, you know, unless it's a specific drug just for a senior. So there's a lot of things that can change and it's gonna take time, but I'm hopeful and hopefully they will listen to us a little bit more and hopefully we can drive our membership numbers up and start getting the next wave of future retirees to start letting us know what they're concerned about, what your parents are concerned about as they hit retirement so we can start advocating on those issues. Is there gonna be social security when you guys come around? No, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, so all I can say is, you know, when you get a job, thanks for playing. Thanks for covering me. But you're not going to have anything. Yeah. So, so how do we fix this? So those are the things that I'm worried about. Those are things that keep me up at night. Well, uh, that sounds like a lot. So I'm quitting, Mark. Uh, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not okay, a problem. No, we uh, we definitely hope we can we can uh, you know get to some of those issues this year. Uh, 
you know, and if we don't, hopefully the next couple interns will, like you said, we hope you'll keep up the good work because I know uh, we're planning to, so yeah well good and i appreciate everything that y'all do and i really do mean it when i say that and i uh was telling my board chair the other day uh that um you know i've worked with other organizations and even the ones in the building from other organizations and i would still match y'all to any of them i think the quality quality of work that y'all uh, come up with and put out there is better by hands down than a lot of the interns that i've seen in other organizations you're, you're flattering us. You're just trying to make us work harder. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I was just Keep up say to that. the expectations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank so, you yeah. so much, though, Mark. Thank you. Not so a problem. Much. Not a problem. Well, I'm glad you finally got to go on the show that you approved uh, four weeks ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really approved from the beginning, technically. But um, yeah, thanks for coming on and talking with uh, our membership. Well, good. Well, thank you for having me. And Hopefully we can get uh, this to a lot of listeners eventually, and uh, this could be something that will continue uh, past this internship, and we will keep making it grow. And you know, and hopefully at the end of the day, it helps somebody. Even if it just helps one person, then we've accomplished a lot. I hope so too. Well, thank you to our listeners and members. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this, you know, glimpse into. Uh, the CEO of Retire Safe enjoyed the conversation. I know we did. Um, and Mark, would you like to give a thank you to our members? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to thank everyone. Uh, we're only here because of you and uh, your input, your engagement on social media, and now hopefully listening to this podcast um, lets us know that we're moving in the right direction. And uh, we're only here because of you and for you. So thank you. And uh, we look forward to working with you in the future. Well said. Well, again, thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back with another episode for you next week. This has been Learn to Retire Safe, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>